Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what you want. I'm your host, Kayleen Elise. My intention is to offer deep breaths and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. I'm here to help you listen to your intuition, trust your inner wisdom, and act with inspiration. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. I'm excited to share another interview with you today. This series features conversations with people I admire and adore. We're talking about what we're celebrating, cultivating, changing, and creating. And of course, we're going to talk about the magic in everyday life, too. Today, I have with me Zan Farrow. We first connected through Instagram and bonded in the DMs over our shared love for all things woo and law of attraction. Zan has a high vibe design guide that I worked through last year and loved so much. And this year, she hired me for some coaching as she was navigating through shifts in her career and business. Zan is an interior designer, podcaster, blogger, and now she's a coach too. She believes that our homes, careers, families, and lives are all interconnected. Each area complements, supports, and expands the other. Whether she's writing a blog post, designing a new space, or coaching a client, Zan takes into account all aspects of our lives. I adore how Zan is elevating and evolving her business right now. She integrates the woo elements with real life in such an effortless way. And between her Instagram, blog, and podcast, Zan is a total vibe. Let's get into it. Zan, welcome to Celebrate Cultivate. Hello, Kayleen. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. Oh, there's so much goodness that we're going to talk about today. I feel like you embody a lot of what I talk about here on Celebrate Cultivate. So let's just get into like a fun, easy question. What rituals and rhythms do you cultivate in your work as a designer slash podcaster slash coach? Oh, uh, this is this is a tough one because I'm definitely learning as I go and each season is a little bit different. But what I've learned most recently is the importance of taking breaks when I'm shifting gears from one thing that like coaching and then going into design. I really need to take a pause there and give myself a little time, get up, get a drink, or maybe take a little bit longer of a break and allow myself to change gears because I think we all need that when we're taking, like moving from thing to thing in work and even shifting from work to real life. If we're doing everything at home, it's nice to have a buffer. Yeah, totally. So how, what are, so you mentioned like taking a drink of water, Mm -hmm. like what are the other things that you're doing right now to kind of help signify to your brain and your body and your spirit like hey we're shifting gears now like are there any anchors that you're using yeah I mean so many so many distractions no I sometimes I'll stop and watch like a short YouTube video or I'll go take a walk I'm an avid coffee drinker so make coffee go grab coffee anything that feels good that day and a lot of times anything that'll just get me out of the house for a while, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Because as working from home, you 
don't have like the commute or the water cooler talk or anything like that to kind of like shift or take up space when you're kind of shifting gears. So you're kind of creating that for yourself. Yes, exactly. And it's definitely a process learning what works for me right now. But now that it's cooler, I'm really enjoying getting out and going on some walks and just enjoying that time away from my screens. Yeah. Totally. You mentioned, you know, that you're integrating these different elements of your business right now. Mm -hmm. So are there ways that you approach different aspects of your business differently? Absolutely. So when it comes to design, for example, I have a lot more structure and there's kind of a, on my end of a stretch process that I go through just to hold myself accountable and make sure I'm on the right track. And when it comes to coaching or wedding officiating, those are more fluid just based on whoever I'm working with and kind of what their goals are. But at the foundation of everything is people and just making sure that whatever I'm working on is supporting them. And I'm always getting crazy random ideas for the podcast or the blog. So I'm always like taking notes on my phone. Anytime I get an idea, those aren't as structured as they could be. But I like sharing what's flowing with me whenever it comes up. And I found that that really works for me and seems to resonate with my audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that you have this balance right now of some structured processes and then also like some spaces where you can totally flow and be free to create. It's kind of interesting to me that um, as a designer, that's the, that to me, that screams creative and creativity and that that's the area that you are following like a stricter process. Yeah, that's that's so funny. I think a lot of people would think that. I would say working as a designer, there is so much creativity, but it's only a small portion of the job. It's still a business. And especially considering I do it virtually, there's a lot of communicating that involved and making things really easy for my clients to be able to shop virtually or just be able to share what I'm thinking, different ideas. And you want to make sure that there's like, it's very clear to them what I'm trying to get across. So um, really a lot of writing and um, getting things as organized as possible to make it easy for them. Um, and just having worked for other people in design, you learn a lot of processes and procedures that make work so much easier. And especially for us, like we're the ones doing this day in and day out and just to allow for some consistency and work. And that just allows us to better support our people. So yeah, it's definitely the one with the most structure, which makes sense that it's more surprising. But yeah, I think there's way more creativity in every other section of my work, actually. <laughs> That's really interesting. Well, what about in your everyday life? What do you, what rituals or practices do you utilize to help you stay centered and calm and connected? Right now I'm into meditation and I go in and out of seasons with this, whether it's meditating or journaling, but right now meditation and that space for quiet 
has really been important to me and kind of like working through changes in career. I think it's nice to have that quiet time. I do like guided meditations and I listen to all sorts of all sorts of ones. I do like Hay House, their podcast, if you will. And sometimes I'll just look some up on YouTube. I'm an avid YouTube user and I I find that it can be a lot easier to relax when you just have someone guiding you through it instead of the idea of turning off your brain and forcing yourself to just like be in an empty room in your head that doesn't always work, especially during a chaotic time or when, you know, it's, you're having a hard time shutting off your mind. So I highly recommend if you've never tried it before. Yeah. I'm really amazed, you know, this, um, interview series just kind of like has been flowing and Mm -hmm. I've had various people on the show and meditation has come up a lot. Um, and it's not, yeah. And it's not something that I haven't talked a lot about it and it's not something that I would say like I'm a, a you know really hardcore or consistent meditator myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm really I'm just surprised that that has come up so often and I'd love to know a little bit more about your meditation practice in terms of like the how of how do you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to meditate. Like, is it a thing that you do every day at at 830 in the morning? Or is it something that you're like, it's on my to-do list and it just happens randomly? Like, I love that you suggested guided meditations because it does sound a lot more accessible than just emptying your mind. That sounds like a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) This mind will not be emptied. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, what are kind of like, what are the hows and the, how do you get there? So like I said, I'm not consistent in any of those practices. And in the past, I've put a lot of pressure on myself to be like, okay, in order to be successful every morning, you got to meditate, you got to journal, you got to make a smoothie and run a mile. Like, no, it's not, that's not accessible. And those practices get to change over time. And um, for meditation specifically, when I'm most drawn to it when I can like feel my head spinning and whether it's what's going on in the world or work or anything really, if I'm overthinking, that's when I know I need to stop. And this has taken time, like teenage me could have really used some meditation, but you know, we learn and I, I get so much from it, especially when my mind is racing and, you know, I go through seasons where I'm totally fine and I don't have that. And, but like at the beginning of COVID, ugh, I need that every day. So it just kind of depends. And like I said, there's times in my life where I've journaled a lot and I have gone like writing every single day for almost a year. It's just kind of whatever works for you in that time. And feels good and is going to help you feel less like in your head. And I think um, there's lots of ways to support yourself like that. You recently got engaged to your partner, Shelby. So congratulations. So exciting. Thank you. So how do you think your interest in rituals and your experience as a wedding officiant will impact your wedding plans. Cause I feel like weddings are kind of the ultimate ritual. Well, not oh. the ultimate, but way <laughs> major 
of many ultimate rituals, but it's a big one. No, totally. I, I'm trying to approach it the same way I do when I am working with a some clients on officiating their wedding. And when it comes to the ceremony specifically, I try and tell them that, you know, at the end of it, we want to make sure that you are legally married. But besides that, you can really do whatever you want. And I think, I think in the past, a lot of people have simply kind of just gone with tradition and it didn't necessarily feel like them or they didn't know they could create a custom experience and share music or poetry or lyrics or quotes, anything that feels good for them. Um, so really I want to bring in those, that custom feeling and elements into not only the ceremony, but into every part of the wedding. And I think that's where my design brain will come into play, not just for visuals, but for creating an environment and creating a feeling and experience. I think that'll get really involved in that and just little details that a lot of people probably won't even end up noticing, but something that'll, that's important to me. And I'm really sentimental with like letters and little tiny details, scents, and I just, I know I'm going to have so much fun getting in the nitty gritty of that, even if it's just for me and Shelby to appreciate for the rest of our lives. Well, that's what it's all about. But yeah, I know um, I haven't done too much planning yet, but I'm, I'm kind of in that fun dreaming up process, hoping um, for a wedding in the future, but I'm trying not to put so much pressure on myself given our current world. (laughs) Yeah, it would be, it would be a really weird time. It's not like you had a wedding planned and the rug got pulled out from under you, Mm -hmm. but if ever a time existed where we felt like the future was uncertain, that's certainly the collective feeling right now. So I can only imagine. Yeah. having an idea in your head of what a wedding might be someday and now being like, what does exist? No, it's so true. And people are, people are so nice. They try, they're like asking questions, like, have you started planning? When is it? And I, I genuinely have no idea. Like, and I've kind of, I mean, I've released that. I can't control it. None of us can. And I know a lot of people that have come up with alternative ways to celebrate and maybe we'll decide to do that eventually. We're not there yet. Uh, but I'm holding, I'm holding out right now. <laughs> that's good. I yeah. think that that's really good. You've kind of found a middle ground of releasing and holding on and that's perfect. It's all about balance. Absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about 2020 and COVID and it's been a year. It's been a crazy year for so many people and you've had a lot happen in this year. So when you look back, what are the things that you want to celebrate and remember and hold on to from this year? I think the number one thing I'm going to look back on and appreciate is the amount of trust I've had in myself. I don't think I've ever had this much trust in my ability before, but just where my career was at the beginning of the year and in May being laid off from my job and kind of returning back to a business I've had and 
working with you and kind of revamping everything, just trusting the process, trusting that I, I am someone that believes everything happens for a reason because I always end up somewhere even better than I could have ever imagined and trusting where I am in building new things with my career and um, adding in new things to my business. This year I became a coach and, um, you know, creating a podcast, just knowing that no matter what happens or wherever I end up, that I have the ability to make the most of where I am and learn and grow in that place. So I hope I still feel that way at the end of 2020. <laughs> but yeah, it's been quite an experience, but we've made it through. Almost. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> it's only October. Oh, yeah. Where do you think that trust for yourself comes from? I think a lot of it is just life experience going through a good number of highs and lows and seeing how I've handled them or come out on the other side. I've had a lot of frustrating things happen in the first years of my career and it, I still have great relationships with the people in my industry and having that foundation of experience and just knowing when and where to pivot and being able to branch out and try different things. I think that's so valuable. Um, I know a lot of people that kind of put all their eggs in one basket, if you will. And I think if this year's taught us anything, nothing's guaranteed. And it's nice to have other interests or skills to be able to fall back on or be able to work with because, you know, your career could change tomorrow. And it's nice to know that there's something out there you enjoy. And it can be hard not to get our identity all wrapped up in our job title. But I think we're learning that there's more. There's more out there not just for some people, but for everyone. And um, of course, it's easier said than done. Work is such a big part of who we all are. But I don't know, 2020 has made it a little bit different. We, we're learning to tap into ourselves and that trust is there. And, I, you know, we learn, we learn. And I, I think I spent, I say trust only because I think I spent many years not being able to trust my ability to um, get through hard things or grow in ways I have. And um, we're just resilient. We don't realize how resilient we are until things happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And I do think resilience plays an important role and experience and learning from what's happened before. And I think in that kind of cycle of something happening and learning your resilience, then you can kind of build upon that and establish that trust with yourself. And sometimes you're just put on the spot where you have to kind of step up to the plate or make a choice. And you don't always have the option to like look to other people or right. maybe you do and they don't give you the answer that you were really wanting. And so that's also like a gut check on like, oh, but I wanted them to say this and they yep. didn't. And now I'm, I'm still looking for that. Yes. And then we realize, oh, we can give that to ourselves. 
Yes, absolutely. Trust your intuition. And um, that's another thing, just learning from experience, not listening to yourself and then finding you're in a place you aren't happy or don't belong and um, leaning on that, leaning on to that like inner voice, if you will, and um, knowing that it knows things you don't. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Like how is. how is it that there is something within us that you can call intuition or inner voice mm -hmm. that exists within us that we can tap into at any moment but also when we operate day to day from our minds, we like don't have that connection to it until we really intentionally tap into it. So we're just like operating like second, not second guessing, but like doing our best guess, our mind's best guess of what should be happening mm -hmm. when like we could just like stop and tune in at any moment. Yeah, it's definitely a relationship between like your mind and your intuition and Oh gosh, sometimes it's not super strong for me and sometimes they're best friends. And um, I know like day to day in and out of life, I feel so in my head and that's where like that meditation and whatever you find grounding gets you out of your head uh, is so valuable because we need that other side. We need both. They help and support one another. But yeah, I, I that trust is so important and the tuning in and allowing that voice to come through, even when it feels like crazy or wrong or um, too easy, which is something, you know, I've struggled with in the past. I think acknowledging it is important. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I really question whether or not what the inner voice shares ever sounds like crazy or wrong, but I definitely agree that it's going to come off as too easy for some minds mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like oh, what yeah. do you mean you just want me to breathe <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what is that <laughs> how am I supposed to get anything done if I'm just sitting around breathing all the time mm -hmm. it's hard to accept it's hard to accept sometimes well let's talk about creativity and magic and letting things flow you're really big into creativity when it comes to creation, I mean, we talked a little bit about your design side of it, but do you have just a general process or way that creativity flows for you? I think a lot of it, you just thinking about where you get inspiration and giving yourself the opportunity to receive that. So whether it's through reading or magazines or Pinterest or um, catching up with other people, social media, but anything that um, allowing yourself to have that time to bring in inspiration. And then on top of that, um, creating for fun, which for those of us that have creative careers, we kind of forget about that side, um, painting, drawing, anything like putting together a collage um, making noodle necklaces. I don't know anything that feels fun and especially working with your hands, I think is so valuable. Um, and, but when it does come to everyday work and creating, I think um, I did go to design school. So we were taught a lot about process and creating in that, from that space. And something I've, that's always stuck with me is bubble maps. So um, for those of you not familiar, just kind of like 
starting with a single word and putting it in the center bubble and then kind of having offshoot bubbles from that of words that remind you of that specific word and just moving from there that's been really valuable with me when I've created products like my high vibe design guide or I'm really struggling on a certain project I just have fun with it and that has been a comfort zone for me the bubble mat but I really do think there's no one right way to create. And same with goes with like the ritual. It can change and evolve and ha- that trust, that trust in yourself and your process. And at the end of the day, you know, we got to get some things done. But if you're uncomfortable about like creativity and work, start in the personal life. Draw and doodle for fun. Anything, I think really empowers all of us and feels so playful and helps us show up even better to the rest of our lives. I love, love that the thing like that your go-to is like a bubble map. That's just, it's so amazing because I think probably your professor was like, oh, this is like one of the many strategies that you can use. And like, you know, you have a whole toolkit, especially when you're in school, and that for one specific item to kind of sink in, it's so simple. You can use it for writing, for designing, for a podcast episode. You could use it for anything. And like, I want to try that. That's such a it's great It's so fun. And so like, I don't know if I started and I wanted to create a virtual product around coffee and coffee was the center word and then one off of there was mugs and then I will take it to the next page and start with mugs like it sounds silly but it is fun and from that you start seeing other words that are connected and that can help me in writing copy or help me in developing even more ideas and sometimes I'll take a single word and then write a bunch about just that one word and how that loops into what I'm doing and whether you are in business or not it's nice to see how things are all connected together and if you're trying to communicate that to an audience or everyone who's like following along on your journey I think it's nice to kind of do these things and I'm, I'm a, a scribbler or a writer and I like seeing them in front of me and being able to communicate that back to everyone feels good and you feel more connected to everything you're creating. Um, I, I go through seasons with this too, but especially when I'm at a heavy creation phase where I'm creating a bunch of things at once, like when I relaunched my business and everything, I did quite a few bubble maps, <laughs> which feels silly, but it, it's helpful. It's so helpful. And um, it's okay to go back to the old school ways if it supports you and if you enjoy it, if it makes the process more enjoyable, like even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What are you creating right now? What are you dabbling in and playing with and doing making? So since I'm in my second season of having my podcast, I'm enjoying solo episodes and it's forced me to get creative and share some things I never thought I would share before. Like this week I talked about Halloween and just something I absolutely love. So, uh, just kind of sharing that way. I really enjoy storytelling. So that's kind of falling into that. And since I'm new to coaching, kind of 
getting into that process and seeing the rhythms there with my clients and helping them achieve their goals, that's been a lot of fun. Amazing. Well, last question for you. How does the magic in everyday life show up for you? Oh, it's a good one. So I've, I've learned that magic really shows up for people that make space for it. And I like to think I've made a lot of space for it in my life. And I think for me, it's in the little synchronicities and just like the way I've been able to meet people online like you and connect with people and carrying that magic with me through my work and allowing it to support me if I'm in like something a bit more serious, especially in the fun stuff, the bubble maps. <laughs> it's recognizing it and letting it know I see it. Magic, I see you. Thank you for showing up and yeah, allowing it to be a part of my life. It makes it makes life so much more fun, I think. And uh, I don't know, I feel so much more connected to myself and work and the people around me if I feel that sense of joy and it feels like everything's like a little bit sparklier. And I, I can't imagine life without it. I love magic. <laughs> I do too. Is there anything that you do specifically to make space for magic since you mentioned that is a big part of how it shows up for you like i said acknowledging it is huge so when a blue jay comes and sits on your lap at the park you better acknowledge that because that's that's not every day that happens to disney princesses okay and that's you so acknowledging it i think is huge really amplify it amplify the small things and i know it can feel so silly because it's like oh there's a bird whatever birds are out there they're doing their thing but if you take the time to say hey that was awesome that was cool what does that mean what does that look like is someone watching over me is the universe giving me a little wink because i needed that and then you'll start seeing more winks and I, I think that's what's so cool about magic. It multiplies. And like we talk about in the law of attraction, like attracts like. And so if you start saying, oh, there's magic in my life, you're going to have more. And I know it's not for everyone and that's okay, but I absolutely love it. And it's fun and it's free and it's, it's harmless. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's amazing. And bring it back to what we were talking about earlier with the inner voice and the intuition and that wisdom that exists within all of us. You can always tune in to yourself and say, was that Blue Jay for me? Like, Oh, yeah. And yeah. you'll get an answer. And they'll say, yeah, because you're a freaking Disney princess. Yes, you are. No, I. that's so true. And I, same thing. You feel a little bit crazy, you know? thinking oh I'm talking to myself I'm talking to this blue jay but it's it's more about that it is going back to the trust and kind of 
giving yourself a little space away from the mind that wants to make sense of everything and control everything and that space in the control doesn't feel good at least in my experience I mean it does it does feel it's like a high you're like chasing this control but we never really have it at the end of the day do we and we can try all day long but um, we each get to have that magic and um, that magic is ease I think it's so it's so easy and it cannot be controlled it just is magic is absolutely oh Zan I love that Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your magic with us. Let me know, how can this community find you? Where are you on the internet? How can they connect with you? I'm all over the place. I know you are. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at Zanfaro, spelled Z-A-N-F-A-R-R-O-W, or Zanfaro.com, spelled the same way or on my podcast, Life with Zan. And Kayleen, this was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And friends, thank you for listening. I'll be back again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.